To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha, and thank you again for joining the Believer's Journey this week. Um, we're going to talk about discovering the gifts and the talents that God gave you. And today I have uh, our special guest is Diane Talbert. She uh, works with uh, Church Under the Bridge here in San Antonio, Texas. So before I get going, I want to um, talk a little bit about uh, YouTube. Um, I would like to see if more people can get on YouTube and especially get on and not only like the videos, but to subscribe to our channel. Because if you subscribe, which doesn't cost a dime, it helps us uh, in the Believer's Journey to stay and maintain a higher level when you type in our name to look for us. And it puts you in a little column there so that if you want to see any of our videos, you don't need to type in anything. You just go to your um, area and click on the where the videos are and it starts your your um, opens up all the videos. I want to thank also um, Trade Show Displays. They made a new uh, mask for me here and you see the Believer's <laughs> Journey. Uh, it's without my um, uh, background in the ocean, but you know it's really nice. And so I want to just thank them as well and for all awesome. of the sponsors that we have for our show. Anyway, um, I want to introduce, I already introduced, mentioned, uh, Diane Talbert. Let me uh, uh, say hello. How are you doing today? Hi, Alan. How are you? And uh, I thank you for having me on today. Oh, it's a blessing. It's really it's a blessing. We have actually a lot in common, uh, both in, in life experience, and I think we have a lot in common in friends. Yes. So uh, that's really do. really kind of a, a neat thing to to do this. Anyway, let me let me... Tell my audience about you and, and give you a little them a little update. We'll go ahead and talk about this, okay? okay? So Diane Talbert, she's the executive director for Church Under the Bridge. Church Under the Bridge is in San Antonio, Texas. It's kind of on the outskirts of downtown, and um, they have a nickname, Cub C U B. So yes, sir. Uh, that's, that's something it. I'd never heard before until just recently, and so I think that's good. So tell us about Church Under the Bridge. Church Under the Bridge is a ministry that began 23 years ago, actually under the bridge of 281. And um, so that's where its name came from. Um, and it was uh, designed to be a church outdoors where the gospel could be presented to the people who are homeless. And then they would normally feed out of the back of a van or with a camp stove and provide clothing and some of the other um, basic essentials for their survival. Uh, it evolved over time, and three businessmen chose to, I'm sure God anointed their pocketbooks and their hearts, um, and three businessmen got together 10 years ago and bought a field downtown and built a beautiful facility that has a sanctuary a dining room, a commercial kitchen. We have a two-seat dental facility with a doctor's office also in it, um, and then a complete sound system throughout. And we open the doors as a formal church. So we are now the Church for the Homeless. It's a ministry where we do quite a few things, actually. We have branched past just being their church, and we are now providing a lot of ministry services. For example, 
Um, we, we spent several years doing things for them that you and I have the luxury of that we may take for granted, like going to the movies. So quarterly, we'd present a movie and just bring them in and just let them relax and have hot dogs and popcorn and all the things we have and watch a movie. So to normalize their life a little bit. Um, but then we began to see other needs that we were able to jump into, like medical and dental. So we we house a huge medical and dental partnership with the Christian Medical and Dental Association, and they bring in 50, 60 providers, and we do an all-day medical and dental clinic uh, to help them with areas that maybe they can't get on their own, um, fix their teeth, you know, fix their feet, bring in podiatrists. And, and uh, we, we actually, during that session, incorporate a lot of Christian uh, thought processes as well. We pray over them. We ask them what their needs are. We do uh, formal foot washing. And we tell them both the scriptural application of a foot washing, and we tell them the uh, health benefits of clean feet. And so it kind of partners who God is with their day-to-day needs. And so uh, that's, that's just something that we do is we look and we see what the needs of the homeless are, and we try to go and meet that basic need. Okay. So, so. Basically, about 1997, the church started. Correct. Right? Now it stayed under the bridge on that outdoor years. for 15 years. Yeah, yes. that's a long time. It was a long time with a lot of, you know, people with big hearts who would go out there with Pastor Dennis Cawthon and, you know, pull up with a car full of clothes. Um, other people would bring a table and a camp stove and make soup and bring soup out there and hand out soup. So, I mean, it was a it was a benevolence uh, ministry that the gospel was preached and then your needs were met. And so the, the concept is still the same. I think with COVID, um, it has actually spoken to the whole world, but we have heard the message that the church is not where you sit. It's who you are. And so we have been able to expand the thought of what can we do to meet them where they are and bring Jesus to them where they are instead of, always thinking about being in a chair and doing the formality of church. We are the church. We want them to hear the church from their perspective where they are in order to draw them in. Actually, uh, my uh, I think it was my fourth show or so, we had a, a couple here from Moldova. They were missionaries. Yeah. And we actually talked about the church. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk a lot about that as well because of the misconceptions of what church is to a lot of uh, right. Either, both non-believers as well as believers. Right. So I know that I, I know Dennis or knew Dennis uh, years ago. I, my my um, interaction with Church Under the Bridge was back in the year 2000, 2001, and part of 2002, you were under the bridge, and we would come down every week, a whole group of us. We were yeah. in a singles group, and I had some uh, leadership. From CBC? From CBC. Yeah, cool. And uh, we would come down, and we would uh, do the meal. Yeah. You know, every week. And so that was kind of fun. It's beautiful. And, Those were the rough times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It was really kind of neat. And then um then my my life took other directions and so mm-hmm. we started doing other things and and so forth. Um now what I really like about um and we're gonna talk about some scriptures that are normally thought of in one area of Christianity or one area of life or 
doing what you do because Jesus says it. I'm going to apply it to what we're going to talk about in, in serving one another. Okay. Because I think a lot of times we look at love as being nice and kind to people. And, and really, when you start looking at scriptures, it's about serving one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had a, I had a, a wonderful man, Daniel... Watford on my show just recently, and we talked about servanthood, and 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 it really, I think, is the crux of of the of the church. Yes, and it's the foundation. I mean, I think that so much where so many scriptures that Paul talks about and Peter talks about, not Mm -hmm. as well as Jesus, about the way we need to be toward one another is actually to serve one another. Yes, I agree. So anyway, I was really impressed when I was at the Church Under the Bridge. Um, Do they still call it that at per se, or do they start saying cub all the time? The majority of the people just say cub. I mean, we've kind of become known as just cub. Okay. And and we're you know we're we're not just a church for the homeless. We're a community entity where we are served with sixty to eighty partners who come in and do it. The format is basically still the same as it was when you got involved. Um, we host partners from all over San Antonio, so we are really just a conduit. We are a bridge under the bridge of Jesus to bring communities who want to outreach and serve to the people who need outreach and service. So uh, that's kind of our, our posture. And I know that um, the baseline is the same today as it was before. Before, you know, you had a service, you know, you had great music, I guess you yep. brought in good music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a sermon back there. Dennis was the guy mm-hmm. preached. And I don't know. I, I Well, a friend of mine who's on the show, uh, uh, Roy Smith, I guess yeah. he's going to be start doing he, it. He's preached there before. Yeah, so he'll yeah. be doing this. And and um, But I, I do know that one thing I think is important is that not only do you feed these people, you give them clothing and, and you help them in their mm-hmm. physical needs right. as well as any spiritual need. That's correct. And I think that that's so important because that's exactly what Jesus uh, modeled, mm-hmm. you know, and he was basically taught us to do what he did, and we become like him, and we're right. supposed to imitate him. And right. all the other scriptures that tie together, and you're doing the very thing that Jesus right. modeled and told us to do. And I think that was one of uh, Pastor Dennis's, um, it, it actually was our motto, is to feed my people spiritually and physically. And so it's people of God serving people of yeah. God. So, so yeah, it's fantastic. I also understand that you um, do other, you have other educational opportunities and things you do, like you teach discipleship and you have training in Bible studies and you do 12-step groups. Well, we did, obviously, with COVID. We don't do any of that Understood. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, one of the things that we've always prided ourselves in, um, I think God has blessed us with the ability to bring them in and disciple them the same way you and I would in our church. Um, they That was their church. Uh, we don't know what it's going to look like when everything opens back up, when it opens back up. Um, and we're in the process of reevaluating how do we serve them where they are. Um, but we always, we had discipleship class because if you were saved by Jesus, then we want you to grow the same way we grow. And so we did discipleship training every Monday. 
Um, if you wanted to just get together with other people who were on the street with you and talk about how to maintain sobriety, uh, they could have went to a 12-step program. Um, obviously, we partner with a lot of the resources in San Antonio, both under the uh, SARA program, if you're familiar with SARA, the mm -hmm. South Alamo Regional Alliance for the Homeless. So we partner with a lot of the people who are within that umbrella because we don't provide social services. We provide spiritual services. We want to connect with you, teach you, and give you the hope of Christ. And hopefully in that hope of Christ, you will make a choice to want to change. Because just like you and I know, there a person is not going to get sober unless they choose to do that. And so once they want to change and they see that there's hope beyond where they live, that hope is in Jesus. And so we want to bring them that hope of Jesus when they choose that. Then we'll connect you with wherever you need to go to get sober, to get off of drugs, to get in a program that can develop your life skills, get you a house, get you a car, mm -hmm. um, because there's a wealth of nonprofits in San Antonio to help them do that. We're their church. So that being said, which was right, leads right into what I was going to talk about and ask you, was I remember when we were helping out and volunteering mm -hmm. at the church under the bridge or cub we have to be used to saying that yeah. <laughs> um i remember that there was a, a lady or a couple ladies who actually who were homeless who mm -hmm. actually got to the point where they were able to rent their own apartment mm -hmm. so is is that something that you guys help with and pursue to to bring these people from being homeless into uh, a place like that so we personally don't do social services mm -hmm. um we like to stay their safe haven in Christ, um, but we do connect them with anything that they're at that point when they say, I want to get off the street. Then we connect them with several organizations that can uh, help them do that. Uh, we partner with people like Sam Ministries, who has a wealth of programs that help them get off the street. Um, we've referred to Haven for Hope, uh, the campus side of Haven has wraparound services like no other. Um, so we will connect with where they want to go next. Now, it doesn't mean that we let go of them because we continue to disciple them. We also get donations sometimes that can help them start. So they may get a little care package from us. You finally got an apartment. So we may have sheets and towels and maybe some dishes somebody donated. So we'll practically help them like that. But we want them to stay connected because although we're a church for the homeless, we're a church for the homeless and the needy. And so just because you have been able to get off the street doesn't mean that they're ready to jump out there like you and I. So they still need a lifeline and a community to support them. And we stay that community in Christ. That's so great. It's so great. It's like I have a real... And I, I don't know how this connects, but somehow in my mind I'm thinking how it does. But I have a real um, thing about people running out there to save people than walking away and leaving them hang. Right. And in, in your situation, you seem to be the person who is doing this and you're trying to make sure you're their mm -hmm. uh, person, their mentor, if you will, or their, their help to continue on. Right. And we do want to disciple them because, you know, our practical needs are, are temporary. 
-hmm. You know, you may get an apartment, but I'm more concerned that eternity is secured. And so, you know, that's the approach we take is that, you know, we can help you along life's road. And yes, we want you to become a viable community member with your own place and a job and get a car if that's what you want to do. Some of these guys love their bicycles and they love walking. So, you know, via transit is the deal. So, um, but you know, whatever they want to choose to do in their life, we will help you walk that. But I'm, I think we look past that because your eternity and walking in your victory, uh, your apartment is not your victory. Your salvation is your victory. And so, you know, we want to make sure that they continue to grow and they stay strong. So when they see their friends on the street that they used to do drugs with, that you don't fall back there, that you know that Christ has given you a new life and a new vision and you're strong enough or you know how to reach back to people that can help you stay there. So in your position, I can't imagine that it's an easy position that you you have. <laughs> no, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I say that all day long just to stay there. <laughs> so so tell so because it is a really unique thing to do, I mean, to a lot of people. Yeah. Tell us about Diane. What how what brought you to this place where you can actually <laughs> stand and minister like this well like i ask that question all the time (laughs) all right lord (laughs) um well i'll tell you i was born and raised in sacramento california and um like many i came from an extremely dysfunctional family and left home when i was 15 and couch surfed and lived in the street and but uh, i chose to stay in school until i graduated midterm my senior year but I did not want to stay there. there. There was just, you know, me, I needed to be free and find my victory. I did not know Christ yet. But I had a praying grandma who every time I would spend the weekend with her would pray over me and would tell me about this guy named Jesus. And so it was always in the back of my mind. So when I was 18, I joined the military. And I said, okay, get me out. <laughs> Seriously, this is what I said. Get me out of Sacramento. <laughs> so, like everybody else, I came to San Antonio, went to Lackland, did my training, and then spent the next 30 years in the military. So after 30 years in the military, um, where I, I thank God every day for the jobs that he allowed me to have, uh, the things that he taught me, Uh, Because I think that he gave me a well-rounded career. I didn't go one way. I'm more of a generalist. I had several different positions. But in them, I learned skills that I could not have learned somewhere else. So with that, at 30, um, I retired from the military. And we happened to end up at Randolph at our uh, cross right across town as our last assignment. So my husband and I chose to stay here. So um, when I got out, I did a little life skills training at a a nonprofit called The Woman at the Well House. And they, um, like most nonprofits, were struggling to survive. And when they they had to shut down because they had no more funding, um, I went home and I said, okay, Lord, what's next? And he said, church under the bridge. And I said, who? (laughs) 
<laughs> what? <laughs> so I I looked him up and I uh, very clearly heard his voice go down there and serve. And so I said, okay. So I went. I said, I don't know anything about homelessness. He said, well, you were when you were 15. So, and I thought, oh yeah, I was, huh? Because, you know, I don't, that, that weighs, doesn't weigh heavy on me. I look at the the beauty of what God has allowed me in my life. Beautiful 30-year career, never had a bad supervisor, never had a bad job. Um, so I said, okay, let me go down to this homeless ministry and see what it was. I walked in the door and as Elizabeth and Martha met, the baby jumped. And I said, uh-oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. You just know that you know that you know. Yes. And so I asked him, I said, what do you want from me? And I had been in leadership positions for the majority of 30 years. And he said, leadership is not a chair you sit in. Leadership is washing feet. And I said, okay, I don't know what that means. I had a beautiful lady at the time. I was going to Living Way Church across town. And I had a, one of the ladies at Living Way said to me, Diane, um, I know what you know in the military as leadership, but leadership in Christ is totally different, and he will teach you that. And so I said, okay, so what's my first job, Lord? And he said, the trash area for six months. So we have this one. It's We call it the tray station. After everybody has dined, there's one section set up in the dining room where the homeless bring their plates and their trash and their cups there to an attendant who collects all that and then sends it to the kitchen. Well, that was my job for six months, and I wouldn't let anybody touch it. <laughs> People would come and say, let me relieve you, Diane. No, 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 no. This is where God put me on. I'm good. I got to know Everybody who came, I got to show them that this is about loving and serving you. Um, it taught me a different humility, something I never knew before. And so I did that as if unto the Lord. <laughs> I, I knew my Colossians said, do it as if unto Jesus. So I, I did it unto Jesus. And it spoke to them and started developing relationships. And in the homeless community, um, they can talk to you. They love you. They respect you. They're full of gratitude for your feeding them and clothing them and all that. But to develop a relationship is very touchy and it takes a long time. Well, in that, I developed a lot of relationships because I was willing to serve them, which catapulted into the relationships, many of which I still have today with people who are homeless. Um, but at the end of six months, and I laugh because God says, you know, humble yourself and in due time, I will lift you up. At the end of six months of working exactly where God told me to be, Pastor Cawthon came to me and said, I'm going to hire you because I need somebody to help me build this program. And that's what happened. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> when I was 16 and a half or so, close close to 17, I don't know, mm -hmm. um, I I guess I became homeless. Um, I moved out of my home. Uh, still had to go to high school. I was really fortunate, though. I had a car. It was really not a great car, but it was, but it was shelter. Shelter, exactly. <laughs> and I remember in the wintertime when it was cold, I had to wake up every other hour to turn on the car to the heat, 
tune yes. in the heater to keep me warm, <laughs> Been there. turn it off, you know, so I don't waste all my gas and then go back to sleep for a couple of hours and wake back up. It just happened all the time. And finally, Reach in the back seat and grab some clothes and throw them on top of you to oh. get you warm, right? And, um, and you know, and I had to end up going to uh, the school early so I could mm-hmm. take a shower because mm-hmm. um, so, I was still attending high school. And it was finally a couple in the church offered me to rent a room. And so I had a job, so I was able to pay like $100 a month for rent. And they fed me. It was really kind of nice. And then then I moved out of there back into my car. And this is where the pastor comes in to play with my life. And uh, about 5 in the morning, you know, I'm parked outside my best friend's house, you know, in my mm-hmm. car. And he comes in at 5 in the morning and he makes all these weird noises and I'm waking up and looking outside my window and there he is. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? You know? And so yeah. I, it's like 5 in the morning. He goes, oh, you want to go to breakfast? Well, I might as well now. You woke me up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then he happened to say, I'm really hurt. You didn't come to me. And so then he offered me to stay with him. Yeah. And that's because I came from a, a tremendous dysfunctional background. And uh, and even though I went through college and learned all kinds of stuff, all this garbage that I yes. grew up with stayed with me for a good another 10, 15 years. Yes. And it was a lot, It was real hard to empty that out to become someone I felt like, well, I'm maturing. Right. You know. Right. But this pastor, uh, his name was Lon Ekdahl. This pastor was totally influential in more than just one area. When I first came to him to be a Christian or to wonder what it was all about, I was 16 years old. And so the first day I came to talk to him, we talked for the whole entire day. And he asked me for dinner. The next day I said, I need to talk to you tomorrow too. He says, well, I'm also the janitor. (laughs) So you'll have to help me clean toilets. (laughs) Yes. So this man, it, it, talk about humility right. in, a, in a position. And I, I just remember so many things that he had he had done. He worked at Skid Row in in L.A. at the mission there. So he knew yes. what it was so to he work. He knew. He knew. Yes. And um, so basically he took that position of servanthood of, um, mm-hmm. of so forth. I, I said this on my show before. I think he's probably the most successful pastor I've ever known in my life. He didn't have 5,000 people, 20,000 people, but right. he knew what it is to surrender to God. Yes. And and that, I think, is the key yeah. thing there. I think That's, humility is just... Oh, it's, yeah. It's everything. So, yeah. Tell me, now, as far as um, church, church Under the Bridge, now, you, you still need volunteers and people who are listening to this program or are watching this program, actually. I want you to tell our viewers how they can help you. Well, right now, uh, we have gone from our old format before COVID was three nights a week. And we would have church, and then we would bring them in to eat and then provide them clothing and blankets and whatever else they need, hygiene products. Um, but uh, when COVID started and all the restaurants and the shelters and everything shut down, um, this city got a lot of us together and said, okay, we still need to feed them. They're, they have no resources And so we chose to provide the evening meal, a hot dinner, seven nights a week. So uh, that was a huge feat. Um, I I think uh, that was kind of like Peter. He just stepped out of the boat in blind faith. We said, okay. We had no idea where the money was coming from or where the food was coming from or the volunteers for that matter. 
Um, but my daddy owns all the cattle on the hill. And so the manna started dropping. And the volunteers, brand new churches that we had never partnered with before, started partnering. Um, but it's still very difficult to program churches in seven nights a week. Uh, we have um, three nights of the seven where we have the same church or organization they do every week. But the rest of them are all filled right before the month for the whole month. Um, so we are constantly in need of any donations that can be given. Uh, monetary is always helpful because that helps us to supply the food that a partner can't bring. Um, we also do snack bags and we need uh, clothing items. And so, you know, that monetary donation actually helps us to go and get what we're short of. But we also accept all kinds of used clothing in great shape. So, I mean, I, I say to the community, if you wouldn't put it on, don't bring it to me because <laughs> these are people who deserve the same dignity. And so if I give them a pair of jeans, we want it to be almost looking new so that it survives the the cold weather and the sleeping on the street. Um, we always need brand new underwear, brand new white socks, uh, because we provide clothing in preset bags, has a pair of pants, one or two shirts in it, a new pair of underwear, and a new pair of socks. So we do that every week, all week. And so, you know, that obviously we go through a lot of clothing like that as well. So we're also looking for travel size hygiene stuff all the time. Now, if you come from a church or a group that wants to get involved, um, you can log into our website. There's a contact form there. They, it will come directly to me um, and let me know that your church is willing to provide a meal. Uh, come once a month, come once a quarter, whatever they feel like they can afford to do. Um, we have special projects as well. Like right now I have a sanctuary full of donated clothes. And this week I need to find enough people to help go through them and collect and get things thrown away that are not not good um, and get them out of there before Sunday when we have church. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there's always special projects like that as well. So Now, I noticed on your website, you have uh, on one of your pages, it, it has a little caption that says ways to get involved. Mm -hmm. And the list is if there's a, that you've mentioned is church or groups would mm -hmm. like to get involved praise teams so you can Absolutely. always use music or praise teams individuals and like uh, i teach a class i know there's a couple of individuals in my class mm -hmm. that actually go and uh help in a volunteer yeah as well as finance as you mentioned financial partners right now um, any of you who are watching this you can go to our website the, the believer's journey and go to the guests and you'll see diane's picture there underneath her her write-up there's uh three links one's to their website one's to mm -hmm. facebook and one's to their page and one's to their twitter so you could uh, or on our um, show today as you see the caption comes up you'll see their link there and you can write it down and you can go go mm -hmm. to their website and yes and get connected and if you have other experiences or other mm -hmm. ways you need to help, I'm sure you can always contact, send a contact to you, right? And then yeah, because we are looking, you know, we look for several groups. I mean, being a, a place where serving can occur, 
um, we we not only house the groups that want to come or the churches that want to come, but we're also looking for individuals that want a more regular serving opportunity. So if you want to come once a week and we learn what your skills and your talents and your gifts are, we plug you in. You're happy because you're serving in your gift. But at the same time, it's meeting a need we have on a regular basis versus once a month you give food. Um, mm-hmm. So we're looking for talent. We're looking for a spiritual gift that you can plug in on a regular basis if you're if that's what you want to do. Okay. And speaking about spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our topic, okay. which is discover the gifts and the talents that God has okay. given you. Now, before we even start on this, I want to mention that uh, we have talents. Every person in the world has some type of a talent. Yes. And then we have gifts that are spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, which are totally different Correct. than what our talents are. So... Um, I know my talent is being sarcastic and putting my foot in my mouth all the time. That's one of my big talents. So, and my wife will say amen to that every day. And now that my mom is staying with us, we have, I'm double teamed. Oh, uh-oh, you're being ganged up on. <laughs> oh, I am. So I want to read a passage. Um, there's so much, there's so much scripture about this. Yes. Because I believe that the talents that are given to us can be used and we don't need to worry too much about the spiritual gifts. Because we can still use our talents. Yes. And I think what I'm, what I've seen is people feel like, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is, so I don't know what to do, how to help. But, irregardless of what that is, you still have things you can do for service. Yes. You know, Jesus said um, in John chapter thirteen, there's verses thirty four and thirty five. He says, "I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, mm-hmm. and if you love one another." And the world will know that you're my disciples. Right. Well, when you see what where he was when he made that commandment for us or gave us that commandment, he was in the upper room. He had they just finished basically the, the Last Supper, which was before that, he just finished washing their feet. Right. So when we look at how Jesus loved us, well, and what I teach, I teach us all the time, is that. Because the problem we think is, is that, well, loving one another, loving as Jesus loved, we think of, oh, he went to the cross and died. Oh, yeah, I'll die for you. And, and that's not what he's talking about at all. Mm-hmm. And we think about what he has done to love us so we know what to do to love one another. Well, he fed the church and he <laughs> healed the church. He mm-hmm. prayed for the church. He mm-hmm. washed their feet, was a servant to the church. Because yes. he said this way before he, or really, boy, he, you know, at least a day before he was put on the cross. Right. So he had, the cross is not even in his, his situation here because he's yeah. talking to them about what he's already done. Talking about living. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that when we talk about loving one another, we're talking about service to one another. Um, it, because the word love, agape, is an active verb here. It's something we do and literally means something we give of ourselves without expectation of return. Right. It's really what it is. And so if this is what Jesus has done and and tells us this is what we need to do, then you're in a perfect position for all of us in San Antonio or New Braunfels or in Selma or all around that can actually come and serve and follow this commandment that Jesus has given us. Absolutely. So I think that's important to understand. And it's not just here that I'm talking about because... 
the fact that I go to Moldova every year, almost 2020 didn't happen, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but the fact I go there and I see the same situation there, and there are people who are missionaries who live off of people donating, and then mm -hmm. they live very modestly. Uh, it was so funny for, you know, I'll go to different homes and they'll serve soup, and I've come to really love soup. I've I didn't eat much soup at all until I went to Moldova, and it's become and a, a regular it. meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I get people because they think they need to feed, feed us more because we're from America. I'm like, no, this is good. Mm -hmm. And I'll see the same people because they don't have a lot of money in what they feed. They'll see somebody else who's hungry or who doesn't have a coat or shoes, and they'll give them money for shoes or give them mm -hmm. shoes, or and they'll give to them. It's all serving from our heart, yeah. not from our pocketbook that, that's the little extra. And Jesus had something to say about that, too. Yes. You know, and so we need to really be careful about just, you know, oh, I got an extra 10 bucks. Let me throw it in, the, in a, you know, yeah. this way. No, Jesus said the, per the lady who gave it, all of her gave more yeah, than the, the widow's guy. might. Exactly. Yes. And we need to have that kind of heart. Yes. We really have, need to have that kind of heart. My last show with Royce. Uh, Smith was about having a mindset of generosity. generosity. Yeah. And this is what we're talking about here. Yes. We really are because that mindset of generosity has to come from a servant's heart. And I love that, that scripture in Luke uh, that talks about when you prepare the banquet, invite the poor and the crippled and the people who cannot repay you. Yeah. Because your reward isn't here. It's not about here. God tells us to do that, to give, to love, to serve. Um, and, and it's not about here. He sees it there and the reward is there. In fact, uh, our the previous pastor at CBC, Robert Emmett, mm -hmm, Robert Emmett, he would say a lot of times, you know, give to somebody who cannot repay you. Yep. And watch God bless you. Absolutely. And I think that that's really what we need to think about. And I think that that's, that's a prime uh, directive, if you will, to know where your heart is. Yeah. Because you can't do that without a heart of Jesus. Yeah. You know, people who are in it for the gain um, are going to give with the expectation of repayment. And to have a heart of Jesus, it's an expectation that I, I don't care if there's repayment because I'm giving to you what God gave to me. Right. And I think that as we if we were to be giving the extra or giving with ulterior motives or giving, you know, for yeah. expectation, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the things that we do, we will go through these, these items that we, we do, the works that we do will be tried by fire. Yeah. And those that are wor not worthy will be burned up and those that are worthy will take with us. Right. And I think that's really important. And I, I just, you know, I, I think that, and I don't know what it is, but I believe we need to know this in our churches. We need to know this on a personal basis. In First okay. Peter, First Peter chapter four, it says this. I'm going to read this, uh, verses eight to eleven. Okay. It says, "Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins." sins. Yeah. Now, here's where he gets into it. Because it's all part of the, the same structure here, content. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Mm -hmm. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. 
If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So I like what Peter does here. He he starts off about loving one another, mm-hmm. but he encompasses serving, serving one another. Yes. You know, and and he's talking about if you speak. So I I believe I have the gift from the Holy Spirit to teach. I mean, it's something I never learned, and it's something that just came about, and for some reason I do it. So I, I make sure that I tell people who say, oh, you're a great teacher. No, I'm not. Right. I'm not a great teacher. The Holy Spirit Holy is. Holy Spirit is my teacher. I'm just his vessel. <laughs> and, and I really, truly believe that. Um, I don't, I, in fact, this show, I mean, we have, this ministry is mm-hmm. totally uh, dependent on mm-hmm. on every other week when we, when we actually uh, broadcast, we pay. It's totally dependent on donations. Yeah. I do not take a penny salary. Because I don't believe in it. I believe that you know God's given me this gift, and I need to share this gift and the teaching that God has for me and the people like you that have been on my show to teach. Mm-hmm. And we do it because we want to give God, give Jesus honor. Right. And I think that's just the whole thing with all of us that work in positions like you do or, or ministries that mm-hmm. you do that we reach out to people. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I, th- I think it is important. I don't think that, you know, for example, me being at Cub or any of the leadership at Cub right now, we're not there by chance. We're there because God deposited in his spirit, deposited certain gifts and talents in us that he wants us to use. We're supposed to be a conduit, kind of what, and I've heard CBC um, pastors say it as well. We don't pay our, give our money to a church for the church. We give it to the church as a conduit to go out into the world and minister the gospel. And I I see that the same thing at at the church. I mean, we're there to use the talent and the gifts that God has given us to minister to the homeless, which is our charge, maybe Mm -hmm. different from somebody else's, but we're there to minister to the homeless and the needy. And so, um, you know, we have to serve as that conduit. It has to come through us to go out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> to give to those who cannot give back right. is, I think, such a, a blessing. And we'll experience that blessing so much when you stand before Jesus. But I tell you, he blesses us to Even feel now. it before. Even now. Because every time we bring in a new group, um, a new church joins our family. Um, the very first time they're right now, obviously it's at the gate, but as they're handing out, look at the hair on my arm says standing up. As they're handing food out with no thought of doing anything but serving your need. Um, I have watched churches leave where people were crying because God has blessed them to see how their serving has impacted somebody else. And and so to me, that's just one of the most rewarding things. Yes, he does say that, you know, you're, you're storing up your treasures in heaven, but he is so blessed us to be able to see 
the benefit yeah. here. Yeah, I think when Jesus says, I came to give you life, a complete life, I don't think he was talking about heaven. I think no. he's talking about yeah. all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's another passage here that I think, uh, another one we really don't come, we don't put together in, in a matter of service. But it ties in with scriptures following that we don't normally read. Now, this is in Romans 12. My favorite. Chapter 12, <laughs> verses 1 and 2. But then we're going to go on and we're, I'm going to show you something really interesting. Yeah. So, um, and this is one of my favorite verses too. I think yeah. this is, you know, if there is a one verse in the Bible that you should always remember, it's these two verses. And it says, I, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, of course, I'm reading from the NIV, because it doesn't say brothers and sisters, brethren. Yeah. Okay. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Yes. Now, understand it's a living sacrifice. Okay. Um, this is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transferred by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to set to test and approve what God's will is, uh, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm -hmm. Now, we all seem to hear that those two verses a lot. Mm -hmm. But I want to read verses 3 through 8 okay. because this is where we're at today. And I, I read the first two because I think it's important to understand when we're talking about, you know, our service to God, mm -hmm. you know, our living sacrifice, and he continues with the rest of the verses. I think something I never saw before until this week. Oh. That I think it continues that what he's talking about is more than just what my service is from me to him. Right. I think I think we're gonna continue on to the body. And this is what it says in verse three. So listen very carefully. For by grace, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Now, mind you, the word faith, pistis, is a Greek word. It is an active verb, and it means something we act on. So like if you read Hebrews chapter 11, we all stop at verse 1. Yeah. But if we continue, it says by faith, it was faith, actually, right. that when God told Noah to build the ark, he built the ark. Right. So it was it was a faith that did this. So it's an action verb. So let, let me make that comment. Next, it says, for just as uh, each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Here we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now, see, we can also go to chapter... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12, and it had catch the same thing, okay? Yeah. So we all have different gifts mm -hmm. according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, serve. then serve. I mean, it's right next to it. We're talk <laughs> not talking about all this high and what we think is, oh, what all these people are. Right. We're putting this together now. If it's serving, you know, if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So we're talking about gifts and talents 
of all the entire spectrum from the very top what we think to the very bottom of what we think. Right. And obviously, Paul has took it, taken it and put it together of there's no top and bottom here. Right. We're all together as one body, one unit working together, you know, individually to make the body work. Yes. I love it. I, you know, we can't all be mouths and we can't all be noses. And we can't all be ears <laughs> or we couldn't walk or we couldn't, you know, do lots of things. Hands. Right. Exactly. Yes. So I love it the way he puts it together like this, like there's nothing more important than the other. I agree. You know, I love what well, you have to agree. <laughs> it it's is right. the word. It is the word. It's right here. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's so important that we capture this. Yes. If if yes. your gift is to serve, if your mm-hmm. gift is to be, you know, someone who can just go and hand out clothing because you're helping. If you're a right. helper, if you have hospitality, yes. you know, you don't know what your talents are. And if you don't know what your talents are, then get involved. Right. Try it. Work it out. Do something you like and it will turn for you. In my class that I've been teaching for 20 years now, the re- most recent group that was there, it's really interesting. They want to become more involved with each, one another. And I let them kind of do their thing. Um, and all of a sudden, we had somebody take up and say, well, we ought to have prayer. Well, let's go ahead and have prayer and write a list and send it out. So we had somebody took charge of that. And right. she did a really amazing job. Awesome. And so that was what she took on and did. And I think that's important that we see these things because mm-hmm. that little thing of taking the notes of people's prayer and putting them on a spreadsheet and emailing them out is it's huge. Significant. It's yes. huge. And some people think, well, it's no big deal. It's a great big deal. Yes. You know, people feel they belong and pe- people feel like they're being they prayed for. Yeah. And exactly. And yeah. I think that's so important. Yes. There's no real menial job just like my pastor when i said i need to talk to you and he's the pastor well I'm gonna, you gotta make i gotta clean toilets tomorrow yeah you know there's there's nothing menial he's got to be done right and it's part of what makes the body work I, servanthood I think, exactly i think peter hit it right on or jane peter rather well it was peter no, was it peter romans paul it was paul i'm sorry yeah. it was paul hit it right on the no, i'm reading yeah. peter here uh right another verse but <laughs> It's right on the head, head, nail on the head. I really believe that's so important. And I think as believers in a church, we need to understand that. And we never should think that we're above another person. Right. I think um, I I love Romans 12 because uh, many circles call those the motivational gifts. Um, But to me, when you look at, at the importance of somebody like Martha... Um, you know, who did the menial stuff in the kitchen, we all look and go, oh, yeah, she's just a kitchen hand, right? But what Martha did was significant to the nutritional value of the people there, and she also freed other people. I think there's one thing that the military taught me, and it has served well in our walk, um, is that my job in the military Whoever my boss was, and I worked for some very high-level bosses, my job was to do everything I could to take the weight of the menial stuff off them so they could do their mission, right? And that's what serving is, the gift of serving. That's what the gift of serving does. It takes care of those things so that 
the people who are there to evangelize or the people who are there to teach or the people who are there to lead can do what their part of the body is. And that's why I love those scriptures you just read. Because everyone has a significant role that impacts everybody else in the body. And I think to to bring this even a little more full, full circle, mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago I had Ray Jones on, mm-hmm. on my show. And um, he's a, if not a national, international phenomenon. Yeah, wonderful. Really amazing guy. And um, we talked about worship. Mm-hmm. And he and I are on the same page with this. It's really, really amazing. Um, a lot of people in churches believe worship is going in and singing songs music yeah. that's it it's not <laughs> and it, it isn't but what we're talking about here in service mm-hmm. it, it's all about giving of ourselves and if we give of ourselves totally to jesus in our talent in all what we are yes. we are worshiping yes that's what worship is yes and i think we understand that i'm giving myself to him because i'm giving myself to the body of christ yes you know i am worshiping that's and what I, matthew twenty five forty says when you do it under the least of these you do it unto me. you're doing it unto him exactly so yes so i agree I, I think we need to if we could get a really good perspective mm-hmm. of what service is love is mm-hmm. worship is i think mm-hmm. we'll, we have this ball here that's all in one mm-hmm. and i really believe that you know jesus it, it now, Jesus gave us what the two greatest commandments were, to love God with all of our being and to love one another, mm-hmm. okay, as ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea of loving one another comes in the form of servanthood and worship. I agree with you. Oh, so much. Because, you know, the world thinks that love is a feeling, but love is not. Love is an action towards somebody else. And it's devoid of feeling. Um, It's me doing for you because I care for you. That's love, not because I feel like I care for you. It's because God said for me to love you. And so in loving you, I serve you. If your need is to get prayed over, or if your need is a listening ear, or if your need is for me to fill your stomach because you're hungry, um, I'm serving you with what your needs are irregardless of who I am and what my needs are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to read one more scripture here, and it's out of James. Okay. Okay, James chapter 2. We all heard some of this, 14 through 17. And I kind of expanded what we hear because I want to bring in the context of the entire paragraph because a lot of people just read the little sentence, we end it. Right, And what I'm trying to do here is show you there's, there's much more to these little clips Yes. And when we put them together, we're able to see a bigger and more full picture. Right. That's what we're in. So, okay. In James, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith uh, but has no deeds? And we kind of stop there. Right. And he goes on, Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Yes. You know, I know there's a lot of people 
that, and I'm, I'm going to speak to these people who think that, who go to church, you claim Jesus, and um, mm-hmm. they feel like, well, you know, I don't want to get involved. I'll send money. Right. And I think that you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to get involved. Jesus gave us, the Holy Spirit gave us, we're all born with talents. We're all born with things we can do. Yes. And I know that that even ministries like yours or ministries like what we support in Moldova or all over, it's great to have the, the financial funds, but we also need the physical help, the hands-on. Yeah. We really, really do. Amen. And I think that if, if you, um, I mean, that's why I go to Moldova. I can send money and be great, but going there and actually teaching and preaching and, and actually I'm kind of like a, I help out with the staff there, you know, to, to mm-hmm. be a teacher to them. To do this and hands on, right? You know, is huge, right? It's it's really huge. Yes, it's important to help financially, but you know what? Mm-hmm. They need us, and they need hands on. And and um, I think we're doing the body a disservice. We're doing the mm-hmm. scriptures a disservice. We're doing ourselves a disservice. And I think we're doing Jesus a disservice when we just say, "Oh, I give money, and I'm good enough," and that's done. I think that we need, you know, love is an action, right? It's not money out of your pocket. It's an action. And, and I think one of the things you just said, you do yourself a disservice. Because I think the person that is most impacted by serving others is yourself. Because yeah. you see past the selfishness of who we are as human beings. And and you learn a new humility and a new love for the people who we're supposed to love. There's a... There's a girl, which I will not name who she is, uh, but there's a girl who watched my show a few months ago and mm-hmm. got head over heels over it, watched another one. And she was like really excited and decided to say, oh, you need to have this person on your show. You need to have that and started giving me names of people yeah. <laughs> here and there. And she was so excited and doing this. And somebody told her that, oh, well, you're being codependent. Oh, well, that's not what you should be doing to do this because it's. I'm thinking if that's her gift, she needs to be doing it because I could use people's names. Right. I could Connection. use it. Connections. Yeah. I need right. that myself. And I told her that's totally not true. You need to do this. You know, yeah. if God is giving in your heart yep. to be shared to because yep. you're excited, then you need to do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we have people around us stifling our excitement, right. stifling our, our actions. Yeah. We need to be careful of that. Yeah, We really need to be careful of that. And I think that's a great encouragement because I think that people need to seek out what does make you excited, what does make the hair on your arms stand up because that's probably where the Holy Spirit wants you to go. Yeah. That's your talent or it, it could be your actual spiritual gifts. So follow that heart that you have and that drive and that enthusiasm that you have because it means something. It really does. I mean, I have two of my favorite things in life to do. Um, somebody came to me, uh, not, or wrote to me one time, mm-hmm. and they said that they thought that my most favorite thing in life to do is to travel. Mm-hmm. And I love to travel. It is my second most favorite thing to do. <laughs> okay. I've, I've been all over... And almost all the states have been like 47, 48 of them. But I've been in, in Europe now right. and lived in Hawaii. And, but my most favorite thing to do is teach the Word of God. Yeah. Amen. 
It is my most favorite thing to do. And, and I can't imagine living without doing that. Yeah. I can imagine living without traveling. Right. But I can't imagine not teaching God's Word. Amen. And to me, it's not just t- picking up the Bible and reading the Scriptures. It's the whole gamut that God puts together right. there. And um, that's important to understand that. Yeah. And for me, this is this is my love. It is really, truly my love. I love teaching. I love teaching the Word. And, and um, I don't know why, outside of the fact that, the Holy Spirit has given this to me and has made that excitement. Right. Other than that, I don't know why I like it so much. It wasn't one of my loves when I was a kid, you know. I mean, I was a sports person. I loved to play football and baseball. And, right. You know, so <laughs> that's all changed in my life. Now it's it's this, and I love it to pieces. Yeah. And I love speaking with people like you and, and sharing, you know, the gospel and sharing mm-hmm. ministry and uh, I think it's so important that we we do that. I agree. I agree. Well, that's our time for today. So it's been such a pleasure having Thanks you. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if if uh, anybody here is is uh, feels like they would you know want to get a hold or find out more about Church on the, Under the Bridge. You know, go to our website or go to their website and, and uh, go to the link and read about them because I think it's it's a worthy ministry. Yeah. And I know people who are, are giving of their life there, giving of their time there, and um, I think it's just amazing. Thank you so anyway, much. Anyway, thank you for joining me today. Um, I love you so much. I love your support. I love the, the people that watch. I just you think you're amazing. And the, bring on the questions as you've been doing, writing to me on Facebook mm-hmm. or on Twitter and so forth, and, and I'll be still answering them. So you guys have a great week, a wonderful week, and aloha. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com.